Welcome back to the Happy Saver podcast. I'm Ruth, a personal finance blogger right here in Aotearoa. And in this podcast, I chat with a diverse bunch of people. I learn their story and then I condense it down so that you can hear helpful, relatable stories from Kiwis who are sharing their experiences, their tips and their point of view on personal finance here in New Zealand. So let's crack on. Now, I am particularly excited about today's podcast because it is a revisit episode with Brady and her husband, Paul. Now, this is actually the fifth time we have caught up on their money journey. And if you've not heard any of their money stories before, we'll go back and listen to episodes 1, 14, 54 and 63, as I'm not going to cover off their backstory in this episode. Instead, I'm just going to pick up where we left off. Now, the elevator pitch for them is that they felt they were drowning in debt just seven short years ago, and now they have just completed their first year of early retirement. And the entire point of this podcast is to show people that becoming financially independent, it is entirely possible, but it is a journey. Brady and Paul did it, Johnny and I are well on our way to doing it, and you can too. Today, I'm really happy to update you on a story that gets better over time. But before I jump into it, I've got a quick message from Pocketsmith, today's sponsor. I like to think of myself as being onto it when it comes to knowing what my money is up to when I'm not looking. But I can't be paying attention all the time. Thank goodness for Pocketsmith. While I was soundly sleeping recently, somebody silently took money for a software subscription I had forgotten I even had. The next morning, coffee in hand, Pocketsmith immediately highlighted this transaction. A quick check using their powerful search engine for transactions showed me that a year had flown by since I'd first signed up. Straight away, I contacted the company, cancelled the subscription and had them reimburse the charge. If you want to find expenses in your budget that you have forgotten, Pocketsmith is your secret weapon to regain control of your finances, avoid unnecessary spending and reallocate funds to more meaningful or essential areas of your life. If you want to supercharge your finances with Pocketsmith, have we got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's foundation plan. To get your deal, go to pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. That's pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. It has been 18 months since our last Corero in May of 2022, and at that time, Brady and Paul had just moved into a new home, they had no debt, and were about to drop $450,000 of money that they'd freed up from the sale of their home into their SmartShares ETF investments. You have to listen to their backstory to realise what a monumental feat they have achieved here, going from heavily in debt to financially free. Their three tamariki had all left home and were creating lives of their own, and both Brady and Paul were working full-time, Brady as an associate legal executive and Paul with a government department. In keeping with the last seven years of their financial turnaround, a lot has continued to change with this couple because a rolling stone gathers no moss. They were very much at the crest of a wave when we last spoke, and 2023 was the year that they transitioned into the new life that they had built for themselves. And theirs is an excellent example of it's never too late to start managing your money better, learning new skills, and above all, just embracing an entirely new way of life. If you commit to a goal, you will make rapid changes. Now this time I caught up with them when they were staying in New Plymouth for a few weeks, house-sitting for some friends, 
walking in the mountains, playing golf and catching up with whānau in the area. And shortly, they are headed to Blenheim to walk the Queen Charlotte track. So life's pretty busy for these two now. But when we last spoke in 2022, Brady had been shoveling as much putia as she could into their ETF investments, and she had them on track to have a million dollars invested by the end of that year. But the share markets were having none of it. Although they went up, they didn't go high enough, and they never hit that magic number. What they were aiming for was having a million dollars invested, which meant that they could apply what is known as the 4% rule to their money, meaning that once a year they could sell off 4% or $40,000 and use this income to cover their annual living expenses, which they were estimating to be about that amount. But they never reached that magic number. Now, they might not have reached a million, but they did get to $909,000. So instead of throwing all their plans out the window, they simply amended them instead and forged on with their main idea, which was to quit work. In late December, they bit the bullet and resigned from their jobs, and in January of 2023, at the age of 52 and 59, they both worked out their notices and they quit their careers. Brady thought that she'd give it a good year and she might return to work. Paul up and quit for good. Both decided that in 2023 they would travel and enjoy life and just see how it went. They might not have $1 million, but they felt that they now had enough money invested into ETF funds to see them through for the rest of their lives. But if they didn't quite go to plan, going back to work is always an option. Now, this is a bold move, and one year on, I was very, very keen to hear how they're getting on. Because each of them had worked with the same employers for a long time, their final payments from work totaled around $35,000 to $40,000. Now, this is a big sum of money to receive, and it was immediately added to what they refer to as their lake fund. Now, this is a concept that they took from Martin Hawes, who's a retired, well-known New Zealand financial advisor. Good timing meant that they had attended a talk he gave about how to structure money in retirement, based on his book, Cracking Open the Nest Egg. Paul happened to win one of his books while attending the event. A lake fund is a large amount of readily available money. They opened an online saver account and they added their final pays to the emergency fund that they had already aggressively saved up and they managed to start 2023 with $84,000 set aside to cover all of their living expenses for the year ahead. Now, if you have listened to all of their other podcasts, you will know that this frugal duo could live like kings on this amount, and that is what they fully intended to go about doing. With 84 grand in ready cash, they were well placed. They estimated they might increase their living costs up to $60,000 or so and still have $24,000 to enjoy, but they also knew they would be receiving dividends from their ETF investments in June and December, which ended up being an additional $13,000. Plus, given they had left work, they also received a $5,000 tax refund, give or take. So with $909,000 invested across their KiwiSavers and two SmartShares ETFs, which I'll tell you more about shortly, they now had both money and time. And I was interested to know a little more about them giving up their jobs. After all, a lot of our identity is tied up in our place of work. Brady said that it was really hard to make the decision to leave because she was earning good money and had been there for a good 21 years. But it was a very stressful work environment and job and in her heart, she knew she was done with the profession. She had climbed as high as she could go with this company and was told that she could not earn any more, 
So really, for her, it was a good time to call time. But the day she handed in her notice, it was like an immense weight had been lifted off her shoulders, and she struggled to explain to me how excited she felt as her last day of work neared. Straight after finishing her job in early 2023, Brady and Paul walked one of New Zealand's most iconic great walks, and she was so happy the whole time, she said. She couldn't have been happier to know that she was not returning to work. There was a glorious feeling of freedom. Now, Paul didn't feel as much freedom and elation as Brady. He took to retirement like a duck to water, she said, and the transition from working to not working was really easy for him. There was no second guessing from him. When she verbalised that she was leaving work, she was clear that she was retiring, not looking for new opportunities or taking a break before going back to work. She was clear that she was moving into retirement, but in the back of her mind, and probably due in part to hearing others warn her that it's impossible to not have to work for money because you might starve to death, she thought she would give it a year and perhaps go back to work after that. She was just leaving the door open a crack just in case her math was wrong. Throughout the first half of the year, she was constantly asked by people she met, but what on earth do you do with yourself all day? And it took her a good six months to wind down from work, to stop thinking about it, and to actually get those habits and routines out of her system. But it was still hard to let go, she said. Being only 53, there was a nagging doubt in her mind that she should still, in fact, be working. And in fact, later in 2023, she did actively go looking for work. And at each interview, she was thinking to herself, why am I doing this? She was even offered a job before ultimately deciding that A, they don't need to make additional money. And B, she now accepts that she is retired and puts her doubt down to the societal pressure and people who are unable to wrap their head around the concept that she doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to. Now, I really liked her honesty around this and the fact that she trusted her own gut instinct on this one, but she did point out that a lot of people struggled with her not working much more than she did. She now feels very proud of herself for having done it, and people should be curious about what she is doing and cheering her on, not doubting her decisions. 2023 was jam-packed with seven holidays around Aotearoa and two to Australia, so nine in total. One of those trips was to tick off a bucket list item, which was going to watch Formula One. Other holidays included Taupo, Wellington, New Plymouth twice, Hawke's Bay and Mount Maunganui. She and Paul share a calendar and they set about filling it up with trips away, time at home and plenty of time with their family. If he books in a game of golf, she sees it and this way they don't double book themselves and it means that their days are always full. Now, given they have two mokapuna or grandchildren, I asked if that took up a lot of time for them. They had decided that given they are in these go-go years of retirement, all the things they want to do come first. So, minding the grandchildren fits in around all the other things they have planned. But they have absolutely loved the times they've minded their grandkids for a week here and there so that their parents can take a break or to collect them from school and have them for the weekend if they need to. They seem to have found a really nice mix, and while they are fit and healthy, they simply want to get going and do as much as they can. Their calendar is very full, and although some people thought that they might be home watching daytime TV, that is absolutely not the case. Plus, given a lot of their friends and all of their kids are still working, 
she has developed a small network of friends who are not. Now, while they might not live locally, she can at least jump on a daytime call and have a catch-up, meaning she gets the interaction that she likes, and Paul can do the same. Brady and Paul have always been generous with their three children, their partners, and their kids, and that included taking everyone on an all-expenses-paid trip to Hawke's Bay. Now, this is what retirement means to them, enjoying their time and their money with the people they care about most. Brady in particular has always been very good at goal setting, such as get out of debt, save up an emergency fund and invest a certain amount of money. But as time has moved on, she has had to learn that she has made the money now and now is their time to enjoy it. I recommended a book to her that I recommend to many. It's called Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. He asks, what is the point of working for money you will never get to spend? Once you have made enough, go and enjoy it. So with their Putian now simple and sorted, her energy moves to less tangible things, like focusing on her fitness and staying healthy. A health scare in July led to a major surgery, and although she had to slow down in order to recover, the fact that she was not working meant that getting well could be her absolute focus, and that's a real luxury. Knowing that your good health can be taken away in an instant, as it was for the sister that she lost at the start of this whole journey, Brady's goal and their goal is to get fit and be healthy. Her own health shock has underscored what a privilege it is to be fit and healthy, and that if you don't have your health, well, you don't have a lot. So being together almost full-time with your spouse is a transition in itself, she said, but the solution has been to communicate with each other about what they each want or don't want. For example, it turns out that she is not a morning person. A cup of tea propped up in bed while she checks in on their money is a good start to the day for her, but Paul is a morning person but has now given up trying to get her out of bed early. They each have their own friends and interests. For example, she'll meet a friend for a coffee, go to the gym, visit the library, etc., while he is entertaining himself or catching up with his own friends. And through good correo, they have found a good balance. Throughout the years, they've always enjoyed the simple things in life, and exercising for at least an hour a day is top priority. They walk a lot together, they both enjoy golf now, and Brady practices yoga. And a good month for her has a balance of family, food, health and travel. And although they might go out for a coffee once a week, dining out is still only for special occasions due to the cost of it. It makes it feel more special when you do it, she said. Brady now has the time to read, something that she just loves to do. And last year she read 40 books and reading this many was impossible to do with a full-time job. And she said she's enjoyed every single minute of it. So, righto, onto the money side of things, as I know that you, like I, are curious, and I know that Brady is fantastic at keeping records of her money. Now, you can plan all you like, but plans need to adapt, and Brady and Paul's have. 2023 was a hectic year. They had decided to use it as an experiment and to spend, within reason, whatever they wanted, and spend they did, a total of $103,000. 28000 was spent on travel in 2023, plus a further $20,000 was spent booking a trip to Europe in 2024, so $48,000 all up. The remaining $55,000 was spent on their living expenses, so that's the groceries, the rates, the insurance and what have you, the normal stuff. Compared to what they used to get by on, this is a lot. Having lived uber frugal for seven years, she said that they were living really well on $55,000 or $1,057 a week. 
they didn't scrimp on anything. Now, the observant amongst you will have remembered that they had $84,000 sitting in their bank account waiting for the year of awesome, but they spent $19,000 more than that. Well, remember they received that $5,000 tax return, plus their ETF investments paid dividends in June and December, totaling $14,000. So that makes up the difference. Plus, there was a point where the share market reached a peak, so she sold a very small percentage with the idea of spending that too. So all up, they ended 2023 with $10,000 in the Lake Fund bank account, specifically earmarked for 2023 being a heck of a year. But wait, there's more. I was wondering, if they were spending all the money in the bank, how are they going to pay for 2024, 2025, and so on? Whereas the same Martin Hawes book she referenced might advise having up to three years of expenses held as cash in the bank, they've decided to do it as they've done all along create their own strategy. And this is why, through the year, when the share markets were at a peak point, because remember that they rise and fall in the short term, but over time they go up, she began selling off small amounts of shares to build up their 2024 Lake Fund bank account balance to $40,000. So that money is already sitting there waiting. And given we spoke in early January of 2024, it's already starting to be used. The dividend payouts in June and December will make up the $15,000 difference, more or less. They've got the year of awesome, which are my words, not theirs, out of their system, and 2024 is planning on being a lot more settled, with slow travel across New Zealand and one big European trip planned and already mostly paid for. So what about those share investments in KiwiSavers? How are their balances looking, I hear you ask? Well, the combined value of their assets of KiwiSavers and ETF funds on January the 1st, 2023 was $909,000. The end balance on December 31st, 2023 was $900,000. So despite them taking chunks of money out to spend and set aside for future spending to the tune of about $50,000, their balance had only dropped by $9,000. Go figure, were Brady's words. Now, having read about ETF investing in great detail and knowing that, in theory, your assets will rise in value over time, it was great for Brady to see it in action. We spoke in January of 2024, and when I looked at the one-year return of the Australian dividend ETF, it was 4.78%. The five-year returns were 6.68%. And as for the US 500 ETF, the one-year returns were 16.05%, and the five-year returns were 13.18. This is after tax of 28% and after fees. I was not able to look up their KiwiSaver returns, but they will have risen as well. Throughout their journey, they have made the decision to share with their kids what they were doing and why. Their three adult tamariki have had ringside seats as they watched their parents selling off the car because they couldn't afford it, to selling properties before they missed a payment, and the bank took back what they mostly owned anyway. They've watched their parents put in an extreme amount of mahi to make a better life for themselves. When she saw the balance change from $909,000 to $900,000, she said to her kids, if you invest in broad, low-fee index funds or ETFs, money makes money over time. And here is a real example of how this works in practice. And furthermore, she said, you don't even need the $1 million that you see set in stone as a benchmark. As a result of their being open about all facets of money, each of their three children is, under their own steam, proving to be excellent managers of their own money, she said. 
For their expenses in 2024, she budgets for $4,500 a month, which is $54,000 a year. She thinks their spending will settle right down as 2023 has taught them that they like slower paced travel. Travel is hard work, she said, and although they have loved all of the places I've visited and the experiences that they've had, they don't enjoy rushing about all over the place. And when we spoke, they were looking after a friend's whare in a different town from their own and had basically transplanted the things they like to do at home to their current location. And it's all cheap stuff that they like to do, which is why she is relatively confident in setting a lower spending budget this year. Now, as this year ticks along, she will keep an eye on the share markets and she just sells when it's higher and puts that money, she's aiming for a total of about $40,000, in their lake fund for the following year. June and December dividends take them up to their annual $54,000 spend. Now, as I mentioned, this is different to the conventional wisdom of holding more cash in case the share market drops, but she said she has done so much research of her own about what they spend money on and has watched how the share markets go both up and down and has planned out worst and best case scenarios. And so far, everything is going more or less as planned. Well, technically, they are taking out more than 4%, even though they call it the 4% rule, it has always been considered as a guideline, and they are using it as such. Share markets go up more than they go down, so she is confident that their $900,000 investment will continue to grow. And above all else, she just loves the simplicity of the system and how they have a $900,000 asset that they can actually use to pay for their lifestyle something you could never ever achieve with property. It's just not possible. When she decides to sell, the money is in the bank. Two days later, it's simple. So what are they invested in these days? It differs from the last podcast where she was talking about buying bonds. They now have just two smart shares funds, the US 500 and the Australian Dividend Fund, and both have a balance of $275,000, so $550,000 in total. They also both have high-growth KiwiSaver funds. One is with Milford and one is with Simplicity. And they continue to invest $1,042 a year into each of their funds to get the government's $521 contribution each year. Their combined balances of $350,000 and due to them being high-growth, they'll continue to grow. When she sells shares to top up their lake fund, she is selling from the Australian Dividend Fund leaving the US 500 to grow and compound over time, something it methodically does over the years. Their thought is that when Paul turns 65 in four and a half years, the balance of the Australian fund will be much smaller, and when it is empty, she'll then start pulling from his KiwiSaver fund. All the while, the US 500 investments and her KiwiSaver will continue to grow. She still has 12 years before she can touch her KiwiSaver. She wanted the management of their investments to be simple, and she didn't want it with a bit here and a bit there, hence her having no hesitation with larger amounts invested in each fund. The very nature of the funds she is invested in means that they are extremely diverse already. So in her head, she has three buckets of putia. Her lake fund, which is a high-interest savings account in her bank that she tries to keep filled up with six months of expenses, totaling forty to 50000 the US 500 ETF fund, which is long-term, and the Australian Dividend Fund money, which they are using now. And they have KiwiSaver for both of them, which they can't touch because they are just too young. So that's about it for them for now. There's not much more to add. It is simple and it's proving to be effective. 
But before I wrap up, I've just got another quick message from today's sponsor. If your finances are holding you back from living the life you want, try Pocketsmith out. They've got the tools to help you make money management easier. And have we got a deal for you. Happy Saver listeners get a whopping 50% off your first two months of Pocketsmith's foundation plan. To get your deal, go to pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. That's pocketsmith.com forward slash the happy saver. So in summary, their life has been fabulous, she said. All the hard work they put in leading up to this has, I'm sure, made it feel even sweeter. 2023 was a good year of learning to live differently from what they had become accustomed to. It's been a big lesson in how they like to travel, how they view working and not working, and how your health is fundamentally important to your enjoyment of life. While she still checks in on their putia regularly, the money now looks after itself, and they keep a busy calendar doing all the things that they love. But they are also very spontaneous and flexible, which was music to my ears as Johnny, our daughter and I, have a 10-day trip planned in April, and no one yet organised to mind our house. Well, two guesses as to who's going to be house-sitting for us. Because their time is now their own, and that is the plan they've had all along, for 10 days they can transplant their active lives to my gorgeous central Otago town, and they can still enjoy playing golf, hiking in the hills, visiting cafes, and getting books out of the local library. Having met these two in person a number of times now and having had the privilege of watching their story unfold, I couldn't be happier that they have managed to bring to life the vision that they had created in their minds. And you can be sure that the next time there is an update, I'll let you know. So probably the last thing for me to say is a huge thank you to Brady and to Paul for continuing to chat to me for this podcast. Thanks, guys. So that's all from me this week. And if you want to get in touch, you know you can find me at thehappysaver.com. Thanks to all the people who send me such lovely emails telling me that you like this podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And please do share it with your friends. It is the best way that people can learn about the podcast. And of course, I would love it if you would talk more about money with your own friends and whanau and help me continue to help others be better with money. So until next time, happy saving. Happy saving.